I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. Got my man Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Don't forget about us on the phone anytime you want. You want to be part of the Freddie and Harry show and the Freddie and Harry hotline is there for you at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So what's next for the Cleveland Browns? Many people thought, man, they surprised Cincinnati Bengals. They put it on 24-3 opening night. It shouldn't be a problem, even though the division game's always a problem playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, who did not look anywhere good when they played the San Francisco 49ers. But then Nick Chubb having that significant knee injury, complete, complete reconstruction he's going to need again. Season likely over. We had Aaron Goldhammer about an hour ago from ESPN Radio in Cleveland saying that may have been the last snap for Nick Chubb in the National Football League. So Deshaun Watson... What now for you and the Browns without Nick Chubb? You know, and I know he don't have the C on his on his jersey, but you know, he, he's a captain. He's a, he's a leader. He's the definition of this of this team, of this city, of this organization. And um, we got a lot of we got some holes to fill for him. Um, but I think Jerome and those guys are going to you know step up and you know take the challenge. And um, you know, we got to you got to really you know bring along not just from the running back position, but my position as a leader, as a quarterback, and um, just as a whole, as a team, you know, we got a, a lot of holes to fill, you know, while he's while he's away. So, um, I mean, it's even tough to even speak on it. You know, I just want to just keep praying for him and his family and um, just hopefully he, you know, we get the best outcome for him. And, Freddie, when you think about the Cleveland Browns, right, or anybody who think about the Cleveland Browns, there's not going to be many positive things that come to mind mm-hmm. or consistent things that come comes to their mind. But I think one thing that has been consistent over the years since Nick Chubb has been in the National Football League is Nick Chubb and also a positive light within that organization because he's a guy that just goes about his business, right? You don't hear any craziness from him. You don't hear any off-the-field things. He goes back to his high school and trains and works out, and we all see the videos, and we have fun with those. So this is also a person who's been through this once before, right? 2015 at the University of Georgia, not too far from where I live, um, up in Athens. And he was able to overcome it to to be at the – the the height of everything when it comes to the running back position and also one of those thoroughbred players that people view you in the National Football League to say, you know what, I've made it. And to have this injury is devastating. Yeah, It's it's devastating, man. It's no coincidence that Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network is reporting that Kareem Hunt was in for a visit with the Cleveland Browns, somebody that, in my opinion, and anybody who has a brain in their head and two eyes would know is way too talented to be on the streets and not in the National Football League with a football team because you put a Kareem Hunt on your football team, unless he smells bad, has bad breath. I don't know why he has not been part of an NFL football team since the beginning of the year. I don't think his asking price would be too much, even for a guy that knows he's going to be severely and clearly underpaid. 
no matter what team takes a chance on him, but he has a chance to go back home to a state where he was born in and to a team he had a lot of success with when it comes to the Cleveland Browns after leaving Kansas City. So that's that, number one. Number two, if you're Deshaun Watson, what are you going to do in terms of it's not about just raising his level. I firmly expect that that's going to happen the more and more that he's out there. And I think there's going to be more of a comfort level when it comes to Kevin Stefanski as head coach calling plays in which you got to put him out there to the place that he can do best because there's not a lot that he can't do best to make your football team better with or without Nick Chubb. But it's going to be on both of these guys, not just to raise their levels together as offensive coordinator quarterback, but then everybody else has to raise their level. We saw what he did offensively the last time with the Houston Texans. They didn't have like big name players, but he was just dialing it up. And at times he was the best quarterback in the field, even if guys on the other side have more of a playoff chance or more of a pedigree than Deshaun Watson. If you're the Cleveland Browns, and it does not matter what kind of price he is when it comes to $230 million, it's got to be about we know that ability is there. Now we really need to see it because we can't just be a run-first offense without maybe the best running back in the league and Nick Chubb no longer part of this deal for 2023. And I will say this, you, you don't lose your offensive identity but, yes, some things have changed because one of the best running backs in the National Football League, Nick Chubb, is no longer with your team. So there are going to be some things that you're going to have to do differently. And I look at the next three opponents, right? They're playing the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens, and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, uh, news to everyone, those three teams I just mentioned mm-hmm. are top six in the National Football League mm-hmm. and stopping the run. And we're talking about a Browns team that was number one in rushing. But a lot of that is because of Nick Chubb. And that offensive line definitely plays a part in it. But I think the first thing when you look at Deshaun Watson is you have to value and, and, and take care of the football. You lost a football game last night because you turned the football over. Not yeah. only did you turn the football over, it went for touchdowns for the Pittsburgh Steelers in which their offense were struggling all night against your defense. So that's the number one thing I think when it comes to Deshaun is, okay, let me not be the reason why my team is losing. Mm-hmm. Right, A lot of teams aren't going to be able to go hell and haywire on our defense because of what Jim Schwartz provide. You have Miles Garrett. Uh, you have a secondary that can match up with skill position players on the back end. Right, You have two linebackers that are playing instinctively uh, at that position. So you say to yourself, don't give the opposing team an opportunity when we have a defense, when we still do have players on offense that can play at a high level. One thing you would want for your quarterback is to have what I like to call a get-right kind of game against the defense where you don't have to be great, but then you can find some rhythm, find mm-hmm. some confidence, have that. The Cleveland Browns don't have that. The Titans defense, even though that game's in Cleveland, that's not going to be easy to deal with. Baltimore Ravens, enough said. San Francisco 49ers, enough said. Those are the next three games for the Cleveland Browns against two outstanding defenses in Baltimore and San Francisco and a bunch of guys that are not too shabby down in Nashville when it comes to tennis when they play them on Sunday. When you're trying to find a get-right situation for your quarterback, when you're hoping to find a get-right situation against the defense, no matter how hard the NFL is, that's not going to be the case. By the way, Wayne at Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. How much do you give to Deshaun Watson? Can be that Deshaun Watson sort of again with no Nick Chubb in the lineup for 2023. Let us know at 888-729-3776. Harold have his answer on that a couple of minutes here on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. If you're Deshaun Watson, it can't just be about trying to do too much because that could be the easy, easy thing to do to say, well, Nick Chubb's not here, then I got to go above and beyond. You and your offense coordinator and everybody in the offense has to say, 
we know we have to raise our level just a little bit more because the guy that we really need is not here. The guy's going to replace him or not him. That means Deshaun Watson, you can't let it fall on you, even though all of it is going to be dependent on you and they're going to rise or fall based on what you're able to do to make this work in Cleveland. Man, that's the nature of the business, Freddie, right? If the Cleveland Browns come out of this and they start to do very, very well and Deshaun Watson plays at a high level, he's going to get the praise. If the Cleveland Browns, even if Deshaun Watson is better uh, better than average and they mm-hmm. lose football games, yeah. he's going to get the blame because he's the $230 million quarterback right. that they gave that guaranteed contract in which no person in NFL history has ever gotten. I, I think he's going to be okay. It's just more so of him and, like you mentioned, Kevin Stefanski being more on the same page, right? When Nick Chubb is on your football team, you can say, you know what, let's get a ball to Nick Chubb like you did after the first play last night that uh, ended up being a disaster. Right. Now you don't have that. So now you and Kevin Stefanski, y'all have to be entwined with one another that much more moving forward because – he may put a little bit more things on your plate now mm-hmm. from the quarterback position because you don't have one of the top players in the National Football League, Nick Chubb, at the running back position. Speaking of Nick Chubb in the running back position, Ryan in New Jersey wants to weigh in on Nick Chubb and that position and what has become the tools of ignorance when it comes to the NFL at 888-729-3776. Rapid Ryan, what you got, my friend? What's going on, fellas? How you guys doing? Hey, we're doing well, doing my friend. Well. hope you're doing as well in New Jersey, too. Yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. So, yeah, I have a theory on why uh, running backs now are getting hurt a lot more than they used to, like in the 90s and 80s and different times like that. I played running back in college, and when I was in high school, I ran the I-formation. When I went to college, we ran more to spread, and it was more zone, tailback in the backfield by himself. Once I got to college, I realized the, the importance of a fullback. When you're running through them holes by yourself in a zone offense, you run through the hole by yourself, and you meet in that linebacker head on. So you don't have your 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 safety blanket, the fullback taking on that hit anymore. So now the tailbacks are now getting hit at the first level way more because the fullback is out the game. So now, like you're seeing, running backs are taking the injuries that the fullbacks used to take on. Right, so Ryan, real quick reason. before I let you continue, what school did you play for? Uh, University of Rhode Island. All right, keep going. Roll on. Yeah, so. Once I got to college, I understood, like, okay, this is a different way of playing running back. Now I got to understand how to hit the hole, lower my shoulder more, things that I never really had to do when I was in high school. So it, it, was, it was a big adjustment for me, and I noticed a lot of different things. The game was a little bit different. It was faster. Linebackers are faster. They, they come natural in the hole. You got to take that, that hit. So the, the running backs just don't have that safety blanket of fullbacks that they used to have. Now, then they had in the '90s, Emmitt Smith, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. They had those fullbacks. Hmm. So I haven't heard and, that. Wow, I, I would piggyback off that. Like yeah, that's really good, Ryan in New Jersey. Thanks for the call, by the way. Every team I played on, my ten years in the National Football League, yeah, our fullback was a big part of our offense because mm-hmm. we were a run team. And I remember when the fullback start to diminish, and it started going towards tight ends being that H-back slash fullback. Right. Um, you rarely see fullbacks now. I know the Atlanta Falcons have one. Now, how fitting is it that they're yeah. one of the top five rushing teams in the National Football League San this year Cal right U- now? And San Francisco has Yeah. Yep. So, um, I'm trying to think, do the Baltimore Ravens still have their guy, Ricard? Is he still with them? I don't think so. Watching okay. him, I don't, I don't think so. But over the years, but he's he been somebody yeah. that was with the Baltimore Ravens. And yeah. I don't know if the Tennessee Titans still have theirs. But, 
those are a few teams that actually still have fullbacks and utilize them because they understand the importance of them opening up holes for the running back. And by the way, he's through with Baltimore, by the way. Shannon Pinar produces it. Oh, he is? Through with Baltimore. Okay, I didn't yep. see him on the field like towards the second half. They went to more of a one-back Well, hell, because they're going spread. 11 personnel, one-back, yeah. one receiver. Right. I mean, excuse me, one-back, one tight end, yeah. three receivers nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, 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 you're going to have those guys that you got with Rashad Bateman, yep. Zay Flowers in the draft, and Odo Beckham Jr. They're probably going to preclude you to help out your quarterback and not worry about running an old-school offense from the 1990s. Travis in Florida, thanks for calling Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776. Travis in Florida, be heard on ESPN Radio. What you got? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're good, my friend. Thanks for asking, by the way. Hope everything's well with you. I was wondering if, now that Chubb is out, if Cleveland was going to try to trade for Jonathan Taylor. Now, that's a good question. If you're the Cleveland Browns, you believe in your team. And adding a guy like that with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback, and it may not have to cost you a lot of freight, even though they're bringing a Kareem Hunt for a visit. I don't think anything should be off the table if you're the Cleveland Browns at that position. Now, I'm up here looking at Nick Chubb's contract, and I believe he's a free agent. Okay. After the season? No, I think it's after the 2025. No, he's a free agent in 2025. So, okay. Um, I don't know that guaranteed money and stuff and where that stands for next year. But here's the thing about Jonathan Taylor. I think Aaron Goldhammer kind of touched on this a little bit. If you bring in a Jonathan Taylor, are you giving him a long-term right. contract? Or is it just for this year you're doing it? Yeah. By the way, Nick Chubb's base salary this year is $10.8 million, $10. million. The cap hit is $14.8 million. Next year, his base salary is $11.775,000. He gets $11 million. A little bit more than that. And then that's the end of his contract. He'll be 30 years of age when this contract is over. Mm. It, may, it may, may behoove them to say, hey, Travis, what you doing? <laughs> you know, like Travis in Florida says, hey, Jonathan Taylor, what you doing? Maybe, just maybe, nothing should be off the table, even though we hate that that happened I, I, I would, like Nick Chubb. I would bring in Kareem Hunt first because he's a guy that the learning curve isn't going to be there. He was with the team in the last four years. And let's see if we can figure this thing out with – with him first, and then if not, then you have the luxury of trying to make moves if you need to make moves. No doubt about it. Thanks for joining us here on Freddie and Harry. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance of motorcycles, boats, and RVs. If you need protection on the road and on the water, you can see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Diving a little deeper into this week's NFL schedule. I think I need more information. This is Here's What You Missed. So here's something that you missed. Guess who is not this week's whipping boy in the National Football League? Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Uh-oh. Honest to God, I didn't see any reaction. I didn't look at anything. I didn't turn on TVs. I didn't, you know, I was just, the thing is with this game, man, it gives you the lowest lows. It gives you the highest highs. But I, I love feeling how I felt last week. I really do. Because um, it makes the good feel that much better. Uh-huh. You know, it forces us to be better. And I want to be uh-huh. the best I can be okay. playing this game and being the best quarterback I can be for this Buffalo Bills. So sure. I take the bad with the good. Uh-huh. I understand it. Um, and I'm just trying to let it let it fuel me and use it to, to my benefit. So in other words, Josh Allen got in touch with his inner from the 1980s show. You take the good, <laughs> you take the bad, you throw picks, and then you have a one and one. You have a one and one. When you throw TDs and you don't throw intercepts, you have a one and one. You have a one and one. So he was last week's whooping boy. But no one should be surprised, in my opinion, that he bounced back against the Las Vegas Raiders team still trying to find themselves. But the fact that he said that, you know what? 
He owned it. He said, I leaned into it. If I'm going to be better, I got to understand exactly what I can and cannot do to make sure I don't have a game like I had last Monday night versus the New York Jets. And, Freddie, I was impressed with them on the first third and five situation. Uh, got flushed to the right outside of the pocket, didn't force anything downfield, just ran out of bounds and lived to play another down, right? Punt the football. But right. we're talking about a guy that went 31 for 37, 274 yards, three touchdowns. The most important thing, zero turnovers in that game. They were right. five for seven in the red zone, seven for 13. That's over 50%. On third downs, and Josh Allen was that dude. Here's another thing that was important for them. They ran the football effectively. They Mm -hmm. had 35 rushes as a team for 183 yards and two touchdowns. And a baby Ken Dorsey. I see you trying to help your quarterback out a little bit. He shouldn't be trying to help his quarterback. He should be helping his quarterback <laughs> with that running game and not having Josh Allen be the best quarterback and the best running back on the football team. Well, Desmond Ritter doesn't have to worry about that as Atlanta Falcons quarterback. They got two running backs. They were able to have B. John Robinson shine in the fourth quarter. The Falcons now 2-0 tied the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for first place in the NFC SOUF South. They beat the Green Bay Packers 25-24. And how much was Desmond Ritter crowing about his Falcons being 2-0? See what I did there? Des, just, can you just talk about how that game was? It was so crazy. You guys looked like you were you know, kind of down for the count, and then you come back and you just kind of take us through no, the no, game no, from no, your perspective. No, never, never down for no, the count. Never, okay. yeah, when you see the Atlanta Falcons out there, we'll never be down for the count. Uh, we're going to fight until that clock hits zero. So, you know, that's what I'm proud of this team and everyone on this team uh, for not giving up, not, you know, and just keep going out there and just fight until that clock hits zero. Number one, anytime. Yeah. yeah you check one. his yeah. ass, Dez. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, check him. I'm surprised it took you that long. I thought you going to interrupt the press conference for him to speak on Desmond Ritter and the Atlanta Falcons' <laughs> behalf. Word of caution, anytime a guest appears on Freddie and Harry, they usually do pretty well on Sunday. For example, Brian Robinson the third. Yep. Two touchdowns to Washington. Their team wins. Desmond Ritter was here last week. His team wins. They're now two and zero. Are they the best team in the NFC? No longer the South. At least for the first two weeks, they are back to being S O U T H, not S O U F, like it was at the beginning <laughs> of the year. I'll say right now, um, I think it's still neck and neck with the Falcons and also the New Orleans Saints. A lot of people may say, oh, you're being biased. No, I view both teams, and I like some things with both teams. I dislike some things with both teams. So I think it's going to go down to the wire between these two teams who actually win this division. And the 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 home and home that they got against one another is going to play a pivotal role in that. Yeah. Either way, they're 2-0, and but the Chargers in Los Angeles, they're not 2-0. and They had a lead. Let it get away. The Titans have lost eight in a row. They beat the Chargers in overtime thanks to Nick Foles' overtime field goal, 27-24. to Justin Herbert, 0-2. You guys? Yeah, they're very good. You know, they're, they're a really good defense. They had a, a really good uh, front zone, seven. Um, and so it was up to us to, to have a good, um, you know, plan, and, and we didn't execute. So that's on us as an offense, and uh, we have to be better because of it. Uh, you know, it's part of the NFL. Obviously, you never want to be in this position. Um, but I know that we got the right guys in that locker room. Um, and we're going to stay together. We're going to stay tough. Um, and we're going to get this thing going because it's a long season. There's a lot of football left. Um, we're not where we want to be right now. But uh, that doesn't mean that we can't get there in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Well, the next couple of weeks, they have the Minnesota Vikings and the Las Vegas Raiders. So they had two potential get-right games. But in the NFL, you shouldn't assume that. I keep trying to put my finger on what's holding the charges back. It can't just be the quarterback. I don't believe that. Defensively right now. Defensively the coach? They they have not been good defensively. And I will say, and we had a caller yesterday um, 
talk about this, their offensive line. Or it may have been may have been Friday, and I went back and watched the film. And the first two games, their offensive line have have allowed four sacks in each one. So that's eight in two games. You got to protect a little bit better, and they have the guys to do it. But their defense hasn't haven't lived up to their capabilities. And here's two situations I'm gonna talk about in the game versus the Tennessee Titans. It was a 14-10 game. The Chargers were up third quarter, third and thirteen. And safety Duran James, instead of just tackling the wide receiver on a slant, he got an unnecessary roughness penalty. So that allowed the drive to continue. Okay. You had a third and six on the same drive, right? And you get a rough in the passer call, and that allowed Tennessee to go down and score a touchdown. Certain things like that can't happen. So that defense is putting them in bad situations. Wasn't Brandon Staley hired as a defensive coordinator for oh, the Los Angeles Rams yes. to be the head coach? And oh, yes. his forte is supposed to be defense, and yet it's not? But can I get on Kellen Moore really quick, though? Because Kellen Moore has oh, been doing a good go job. Right that, that overtime, it overtime deciding to just pass the football mm-hmm. three straight times and not rush the football at all, yep. I do not understand that. There's somebody in Dallas who shall remain nameless, Mike McCarthy, the head coach of Cowboys, going, that's why he's there, <laughs> and that's why I'm here calling those plays. Last but not least, is the clock really ticking on Russell Wilson in Denver? Sam Howell outplayed him for three and three quarters of that game, and the commanders are now 2-0. and They did get the Hail Mary, but either way, could this be for Russell Wilson in Denver? We had Zach By on last week on Freddie and Harry from 104.3 in Denver, and he said if this keeps up, and it did, this may happen in week three. If they do not beat Sam Howell and the Commanders this weekend, as sure as I am talking to you right now, you will see Jarrett Stidham out there playing for Sean Payton, whether Russell Wilson is healthy or not. Because here's the kicker decision. With this new contract that hasn't even kicked in yet, okay, because they did the deal with two years left on the current contract. So the new contract, the third biggest in the history of the quarterback position, doesn't even kick in until next year. But this is why I brought this up. The Broncos have a decision to make after this year. If Russell Wilson is on the roster at the first day of the new league year, his his money not only kicks in for 2024, it kicks in for 2025. So you need to see what you have in Russell Wilson because if you're going to move forward with him, you move forward with him in wholesale financially for the next two years as opposed to if he doesn't play well, they can actually designate him as one of these post-June 1st cuts and spread the damage out over the a course of the next few years. Now, it may not happen in week three. That doesn't mean the clock, Harry, is not ticking on Russell Wilson because I don't think he's still playing to the liking of his coach, Sean Payton. Yeah, I'm going to go to week, week six or seven. I think that's the week uh, of the weeks that a decision could be made. And Russell Wilson had a better game this past weekend than he had in week one, but there's still little details about the game that Russ has to be better at. You look at this team down in the a tight red zone. You got to see things quicker. Got to understand that you can't be trying to figure it out. You got to yeah. see it, process it. Let the ball go to score touchdowns. Can't be king of field goals. Dolphins, Bears, Jets, Chiefs, Packers, Chiefs, Bills are the next games for Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. All righty then. We're going to bring in a man who, like my man Harry Douglas, played wide receiver in the National Football League. Can't wait to ask him about two different quarterbacks. One in New York called Daniel Jones of the Giants and the other one in, in, excuse me, in Cleveland when it comes to Sean Watson of the Browns. He'll join us next on Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio, as well as the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget about us on TuneIn. Always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So we're surrounded by wide receivers. Two to play in the NFL, and all three of us played in college. It's time to bring Andrew Hawkins, played wide receiver in the NFL, does a great job as an ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him on Twitter, at Hawk. Andrew, we're going to start right with the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb out for the season. We're hoping that his career is not over. But now everything flies towards the feet and to the arm of Deshaun Watson. In your mind, what has to happen to make sure that this is not a failed experiment when it comes to the Cleveland Browns? That's a good question. and I, I mean, I, I've I've talked about this at length today with a number of people and, you know, on the surface, I mean, Nick Chubb has been the Browns offense for a number of years now. He is one of, if not the best running back in the NFL. So there's an obvious blow. But I think the other question that people were trying to answer and figure out, well, why doesn't Deshaun Watson look like the Deshaun Watson of old? He still has the arm strength. He still has the mobility. You know, he even still understands defenses the way that he did, that he once was. And, and to me, I kind of always felt like there was some version of him that, couldn't quite figure out how to fit into an offense that I don't want to say didn't need him, but where him being Superman wasn't the fix, right? Like Nick Chubb was the MVP of the offense. He is who the offense revolved around. If he is playing well, the Browns have a chance to win, especially with that defense. And I think for Deshaun and what we saw from him when he was with the Texans, he was everything to them. And that was, I feel like a position, um, that he felt most comfortable in. Well, now, if you take Nick Chubb out of this offense and the receivers are solid, by, by no means are they at the, in, in the top ten by, I don't think, anybody's standard uh, in totality, well, now it, it does all rest on Deshaun Watson. And weirdly, this is a position I feel like he's more comfortable in, right, to where we don't, un, we don't know exactly what we'll get out of the run game. Your feet and your arm are going to be the way we generate offense, and the play calls will have to adjust to account for that and Deshaun Watson I feel like will go back into a mode that he was most comfortable with and when he was at his best in the NFL 
Okay. And, Hawk, I, I said this earlier about Kevin Stefanski, now that Nick Chubb is gone. And you already know that quarterback and head coach slash play caller, those guys talk uh, extensively. I think now their relationship has to be that much better because of the injury to Nick Chubb and some of the things that Deshaun Watson is more comfortable with doing, and you have to lean on him more now. What are your what, What's your feeling on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, that that you have to get your offense in a, in a place where they feel most comfortable. I think the one of the misconceptions around Kevin Stefanski in this offense was that, you know, I mean, you look at what uh, Kyle Shanahan does, or even Mike McDaniel in their run game, and that is a system that obviously Kevin Stefanski runs some version of. But I would even look at the way that he calls plays in that offense. They're closer to the Titans than they are the San Francisco 49ers or the, or the Dolphins because those teams – who have that that zone running scheme, like they are scheming their running backs into good situations and making sure that their pass uh, game plan directly derives from that. Where if you look at the Titans, you know, it's just kind of give the ball to Derrick Henry and watch him go. And that's what Nick Chubb has been. And so I think there's this like this weird middle ground where, again, it, it's kind of always fought against each other that, yeah, Nick Chubb is doing well, but it's not because of the scheme that they're running. The offensive line is great. And Nick Chubb is one of the best backs. So he's doing a lot of that just off ability alone. And so, again, I, I just think this is a, uh, a, a true test for Kevin Stefanski. It's a true test for Deshaun Watson. And uh, both of their grades, you know, as, as it pertains to the decisions the Browns have made to this point. Well, I'm glad you brought that up about the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. I would also throw – the Atlanta Falcons in there too in that category because all of these teams have the same offense but it's more tailored towards the running back and scheming the running backs to have excellent runs in the offensive line and climbing yeah. to the second levels so those mm-hmm. are three teams so I'm glad you did bring that up Hawk. Great stuff by Andrew Hawkins ESPN NFL analyst hit him on social media at Hawk on Twitter joining Freddie Cohen and Harry Douglas on Freddie and Harry on ESPN radio I'm a big believer in this you guys can speak on this but Hawk I'll start you first it is really tough in modern football to get guys ready for an NFL season where they're not doing enough, in my opinion, in preseason or doing practices and resting guys to make sure that they're healthy going in a regular season. And I firmly believe we're going to continue to see these kind of early season injuries, non-contact soft tissue injuries, because they're trying to do old school football in a modern way, Hawk. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard to argue, to be honest. Your 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 body has a, a, a weird way of adjusting things that it's, pre- it's prepared for. Um, and to your point, I mean, we, we say it all the time in football. The only way to get in shape for football is to play football, right? The only way to get your body used to the movement and the in-and-out cut and all the things that come with really, really big and really, really fast, explosive athletes stopping on the dime, changing direction, absorbing hits, is to do all those things at the same frequency or as close to the same frequency as you're going to do in a game. A walkthrough does not prepare you for a game. Playing no snaps at full speed in a, without preseason does not prepare you for going full speed like that in the game. And so I, I do think that over time, like as the new preseason and the new schedule structure is happening, you're seeing a lot of teams and organizations trying to figure it out in real time. I think what you'll see next year is you'll see a lot more of these starters and star players getting a lot more reps for the same reasons that you're talking about. Even beyond injuries, like, you look at week one football, it's just not as good because now you're seeing the version that you would typically see in a, in a, in a preseason game 
in week one of the season, and it's just taking a little longer, especially offenses, to catch their stride. Now, Hawk, when you look at the Jets, Aaron Rodgers got hurt towards Achilles. He will not be back. I don't care what anybody say. Achilles injury, that's one of the hardest things to come back in the same season and play. Um, Do you think they have a chance at being a winning team with Zach Wilson at the quarterback position? Yeah, if I had to make a decision right now, I would say say no. Um, And I don't think that's all on Zach Wilson's shoulders. I mean, Zach Wilson has to play better. You know, he was running for his life, which most quarterbacks will be doing this year when going against Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, late in that game, you know, there were there were throws that just were not NFL throws. They, and, and more than NFL throws, they weren't NFL decisions, right? And I think that's the more, you know, uh, pressing issue for Zach Wilson at the quarterback position. And also, Nathaniel Hackett, as an offensive coordinator, do you have what it takes to, to get the best out of a quarterback that you understand is not Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is an easy quarterback to coach that is simple Mike Evans is an easy wide receiver to coach Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb are easy running backs to coach so yes if you're coaching those guys you're going to continue to climb the coaching ladder because they're going to be successful whether you are an incredible coach or you are in meeting rooms twiddling your thumb (laughs) but when you really want to see what someone's made of in this Zach Wilson situation I'm not saying you have to make him look like Aaron Rodgers but in your play call, in your system, and how you're figuring out what and what Zach Wilson is and is not, like, he should be better in your system. Like, make him look a little bit improved because that's what coaching is. That's what, why we, we, we hold Kyle Shanahan in, in, in the regard we do, or even Mike McDaniel. Right. I mean, people were talking about Tua, and Tua is, he is balling. You know, but that's what a good coach should bring out of a, a quarterback with ability. How do I change what I'm doing to best put you in a situation, right? And I, and I think, you know, it's still early, so we'll give them throughout the year. But watching that game with Zach Wilson, I don't feel like the coaching staff and the, the, the offensive coordinator and strategy put him in a better situation to be successful. And, and maybe they don't have that ability, and that is pretty much going to dictate whether or not they're in the playoffs or not. Yeah, and they led to Shannon Sharp on first take saying that Zach Wilson could not play dead in a horror movie. He has to hope that's going to change sooner than later come to the Jets and Zach Wilson still being at quarterback. Hawk, always great to talk to you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week, and thanks so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Andrew Hawkins, who's going to always play quite dead in a horror movie because he's that kind of actor, does a great job. ESPN NFL analyst also hit him on Twitter at Hawk. He is Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter at HDouglas83. I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN, part of Freddie and Harry. Two things about Deion Sanders and Colorado Buffaloes being 3-0. One, the class he showed on Tuesday. Number two, this NFL team watched every snap of that game because they were so enthused and excited about what Deion's doing in Colorado. We'll explain both of those things next on ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. The smile on your face is worth it because you've never heard this song before, have you? <laughs> yes, I have. I'm also laughing at our producer, Shannon Penn. Shannon, what kind of dance was that you was doing in the back? That, that, was, the, that was the Shannon. <laughs> that was Shannon, the Shannon back there, sea walking. Uh-huh. <laughs> Harry looked at me and said, I know you're not playing Wayman Tisdale on our show. Yes, we are completely. His jam is fantastic. His jam, God rest his soul, is nowhere near the jam that's going on with Deion Sanders in Colorado football. Fred Warner, 49ers linebacker on the Warner House podcast, said the entire team, the entire 49ers team, watched that whole game between Colorado and Colorado State on a Saturday night. He said in his podcast, everybody in that room was dialed in. We were literally jumping at every play as if we were watching the Super Bowl. That's all you need to know about what Deion Sanders has done to that program, part of what Fred Warner said on the Warner House's podcast. Then we forwarded it to Tuesday. Deion Sanders, we know about the hit. We've seen the hit. Colorado State cornerback Henry Blackburn hitting Travis Hunter, personal, uh, personal foul penalty. He was penalized for it. That happened late in the first half. Travis Hunter's going to be out anywhere from three to four weeks with a lacerated liver. He won't play the Saturday's game when they take on Nimitz in Oregon. But Deion Sanders was the adult in the room, and nobody should be surprised. Henry Blackburn is a good player who played a phenomenal game. He made a tremendous uh, hit on Travis on the sideline. You could call it dirty. You could call it he was just playing the game of football. He does not deserve a death threat over a game. I'm saddened if there's any of our fans that's on the other side of those threats. I would hope and pray not. But that kid was just playing the best of his ability, and he made a mistake. So I forgive him, see you. Um, our team forgive him. Uh, Travis is, he's forgiven him. Let's move on. But that kid does not deserve that. It just speaks about the leader Deion Sanders is. And everything starts at the top, right? So Colorado, they could be frustrated right now and, you know, feeling all types of ways. Mm-hmm. But when the leader of your football team, which is your head coach, Deion Sanders, and he exemplifies love, and the care for a young man that's not even on his football team because of the backlash that he's getting, it's also showing them young men on his football team there's a way to go about your business, there's a way to do things, and there's a way to still show love and have other people's back, even when they are an opponent on the football field. Because this football thing is one big fraternity, Freddie. You get Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So if they're 
that death threats coming to a young man because of a football play in which I thought it was a little bit uh, uh, excessive, mm-hmm. but not excessive to receive death threats. People got to get a life, right? Amen. There's more to life. You have people out here fighting for their lives every single day, and you're giving someone a death threat because of a play on a football field. Yeah, It, it, it don't make sense to me, it, and it, it never will. I've never understood what would be the end game by you thinking you're going to put that out there against somebody. You actually think you're going to scare this person? Well, half of them, Freddie, not even about their life. So I see, I ain't even brought well, that part up. Half <laughs> of them, they have these Twitter fingers and this stuff they say they're going to do. Yeah. They, they wouldn't bite a damn crayon if it was in front of them. <laughs> it's easy to be a Twitter Nazi. When you have to worry about somebody finding your address or finding your Twitter handle and tracing that and showing up at your house or showing up at your school, your place of work, it's easy to be a Twitter Nazi and do those kind of things. Anybody can be a Twitter gangster. We've seen that time and time again. But I love the fact that Dion was saying, look, we're going to move forward no matter what kind of fools are out there. We're not going to allow you to do this to somebody no matter if they're on a rival team and a play that was definitely deemed dirty. It was definitely a dirty hit. But are we going to get to that avenue of, you know, I'm going to exact some justice. We're going to have death threats against Harry Blackburn, Henry Blackburn. We'll show him. I'm thinking all you're showing is you're behind when it comes to that. That's all you're doing. That's right. How you was raised, your true colors are really coming out. And I want to I want to say this, though, because the 49ers watching this football game Mm -hmm. and we got these numbers today from ESPN. That game, Colorado versus Colorado State, was ESPN's fifth most watched game on record. 9.3 viewers. It peaked at 11.1 million viewers. That's uh, ESPN's most watched late primetime game on record. Mm-hmm. ESPN slash ABC's fourth best regular season game, excluding conference championships in the last six years. So mm-hmm. that was phenomenal. Yeah. And a vision. The Bible says, well, there's no vision. The people will perish. Well, Dion had a vision when he took over the head coach as his football team and now it's being played out perfectly and what he thought for this university and go back to what you just said harry douglas freddie coleman together and freddie and harry and espn radio that game was shown at 10 o'clock eastern time kickoff didn't happen until 10 20 because they had to wait till florida tennessee was over it was the longest first quarter i think i've ever seen in my life too Mm -hmm. freddie yeah so that game was really really long that game and i watched that whole thing that game in the 232 eastern time in the second overtime and I was not the only one up that late watching it. Let's call it as it is. The first three weeks, three weeks of college football has been saved by Colorado football and Deion Sanders. Seriously. We have not had great matchups. We've had great storylines, but nothing really. But that storyline has carried each and every week. And it's made even right now Colorado about to take on number 10 Oregon even bigger. No matter what happens, this story is not just going to fade. It's not just going to go away. Mainly because, let's be honest, Colorado football has saved college football the first three weeks of this season. I cannot wait for this matchup. Colorado going out to Eugene, Oregon to face number 10, uh, Bo Nix and company. Mm-hmm. Listen, you talk about two high-powered offenses. I'm ready to see them get it on. <laughs> I wish Travis Hunter was playing, but he's yeah. not. So Colorado got to deal with the circumstances that they dealt. And the sound you hear is not Dan Lanning, the coach of Oregon, saying anything. He's seen that bear being poked twice and not in well for the opponent versus Colorado. Dan Lanning, Oregon head coach, is not about to do anything like that. I thank God that Cowboys owner Jerry Jones did not say this. It feels completely different. I feel like there's a complete like 360 turnaround. Because as a Cowboys fan, I feel so much better that Jerry Jones did not say that. Find out who said that and why I feel better about it next. This is Freddie and Harry, and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. 
You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.